And I'm just going to jump right into the text this morning um, and let you know that my sermon today is going to be overly simple. We're going to identify parts of the text and see how it relates to our lives. Carl Barth said, which for those of you who don't know, I'm sure some of you do are familiar with Barth, but he is a German theologian. Um, Barth says that we must preach or learn with the newspaper in one hand and the Bible in the other. And we must interpret the newspaper through the lens of the Bible. And that's my goal this morning. That's my goal often, but is especially my goal this morning. I'm not going to pretend like the, like the events of this week did not influence the sermon you're about to hear. And I'm not going to pretend like the events of this week did not, does not, and will not affect your lives. And things that affect our lives are things that God wants to talk about. That's the thing that God can address. It's things that God can talk to us about. So let's jump in. Sometimes Bible readers get mixed up about which Herod is which. And unless you are a Bible scholar, you probably don't know what Herod we are talking about. Herod the Great ruled when Jesus was born, but it was Herod, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and if you know this, Andy, I'm so sorry. Herod Antipas, his son, um, is who reigned when Jesus was crucified. And then there was also Herod Archelaus. There was Herod of Philip. Then, then there was two Herod of Agrippas, also in the Bible. We have a lot of Herods. But really, Herod, 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 and Herod are basically the same guy, right? They were all egotistical, insecure, petty, in bed with the Romans, and clueless about what God wanted for our people. Now we have had a Herod by many names pop up throughout history. This isn't new. It wasn't new then. It's not new now. We know their names. We heard them. Some of you probably heard them in Andy's classroom. Lenin, Stalin, Mao, Chavez, Castro, Mussolini, George III. We know these names. It's just like Herod. People came to destroy people, to mess with things, to shake things up, to do things that were evil and ungodly. People that were egotistical, insecure, petty, and clueless. Well, that may resonate with us today as well. We may see Herods in our time as well. I have spent the last several years preaching to you guys, trying to be measured trying to toe the lines of not being political from the pulpit, trying not to offend, trying not to hurt anyone's feelings. And I'm proud of that. And oftentimes though, I would go home grieved that I hadn't said enough, that in an attempt to be measured, I wasn't honest, that I hadn't called out the evil that I saw that I hadn't adequately communicated the gospel message in light of what I saw in the newspaper. And then epiphany happened, literally, figuratively, and in our midst. On January 6th, a holy day for us Christians, where we reflect on the story of Herod and the Magi, a bloody attack on the symbol of democracy, took place in our nation that shook most of us to our core. I spoke to many, many, many of you this week. 
Many of you called me, texted me, messaged me, IM me. If you're a young person, you sent me messages on uh, Instagram. Um, people were concerned. People were upset. People, you guys needed to vent and let things out and you needed to communicate what was going on. Not just you, people I tangentially pastor outside of this connection, people that may not ever attend church but consider me their pastor called me uh, on that day and they spoke about their frustration and their fear, their worry and their concern. They called about being feelings of being gaslit and ignored. And in these moments, I knew that I could not shy away from my duty as your pastor to communicate several very important points this morning. And one is that we must call evil, evil. It is our duty as Christians. It is the call of the gospel. It is the only honest thing to do. One of the first steps to truth-telling is that we must not ignore evil that is in our midst. 2,000 years ago, a man felt slighted by some mystics from the East that didn't address him as king and then he killed numerous, numerous, numerous people. We are currently living in a world where the President of the United States feels slighted by people who will not address him as king, and cited a an insurrection, rather, and killed people. People died. It was evil then, it is evil now, and it will continue to be evil and we must declare it to be so. It is not just that these insurrectionists stole podiums and historical portraits and pieces of paper. It's that they cause fear in the hearts of people, that they terrorized a nation. It was evil when Herod terrorized the Jews, and it's evil now. In my opinion, this morning, the story of Epiphany can be filled in a story about how someone called to protect a people decided to murder them instead. And then, on the opposite side, it is how we can trust those that don't believe, look, or act like us. The Magi were not Jews. They did not share their faith, their heritage, or their country but they came with good intentions and with love and with kindness. The many calls that I received this week, y'all, began and ended with extreme dismay from those Christians that you thought would be against this evil. People you thought that would protect righteousness that can't muster up the courage to denounce this evil. Or even worse, your friends, claiming the name of Christ that are staunch advocates of this evil. And I get it, y'all. I really get it. When people that taught you Sunday school in your childhood are promoting insurrection that ends in death, you feel betrayed. And it makes you question everything. When the people conducting these evil acts hold signs that say Jesus saves, it makes you question the purpose of this Christianity thing to begin with. And if you are in that space this morning, 
If that is where you are in your heart, I want you to know that I hear you. I've heard you all week. I hear you today and I will continue to hear you. I understand where you're coming from. And I'm so, so sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry that those that were called to protect your faith are hell-bent on killing it. I'm sorry that those of you that, sorry, I'm sorry that those of you that should be able to, that you thought you could identify with, people you thought you could trust, have proven to be untrustworthy and hurtful. I'm sorry that these things have been done in the name of Jesus and they look nothing like the Jesus of the gospel. I'm so, so sorry. As a pastor, as a Christian, as your friend, I'm sorry that Christianity has been used in ways that are hurting people and that is hurting you. When we strip away all of this, we do get a beautiful story of the gospel and the epiphany story. We get an epiphany story where these magi, they went in and they found a Christ child and they worshiped him. And then they left for their own country another way. See, when we get a glimpse of the face of Christ, we are able to form new paths, to see this life in a new way, in a new day, on a new road. T.S. Eliot, one of my favorites, ended his poem about the Magi like this. We return to our places, but no longer at ease there, in old dispensation with alien people clutching to their gods. Jesus does not make my life more easy or more comfortable sometimes. The closer we are to Jesus, the more we sense our unease of being in this place and in this space. We find, may we find, this uncomfortable Christianity that the Magi followed, one that does not follow a crowd. Y'all, because so often the crowd ends up with death and destruction in its wake. There is another way, and arguably, y'all, there's a better way. Another way to find hope and peace. Another way to have life and to have life more abundantly than maybe the one you were taught so many years ago in Sunday school. But it has to start by calling evil what it is. And it must end with seeking the face of Christ like the Magi. This other way may land you in the presence of mystics from the East that don't look like you, that don't talk like you. They don't worship like you. It may mean that your Christianity compels you to partner with Muslims and Jews and like-minded Christians doing very good work in this world. It may mean that your Christianity now doesn't look like anything you ever thought that it would. And that is okay. 
because we are finding a new road, a new path, a new way, just like the Magi. One where we just follow Jesus. We follow the words that he has provided for us, that we read the red letters and we believe what they have to say. That we believe in helping the least of these, in being humble, in being patient, in the fruits of the spirit, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. May we believe in those things. May we walk out a path that may be vastly different for some Christian friends. But may we follow the ways of Jesus to hope to where he is. May we continue to seek the face of Christ. Let us pray. Dear God of heaven, we are grateful for you. Lord, we need you. We always need you. But we are now so acutely aware of our need for your presence. We are acutely aware of our need for the gospel. Not a gospel that divides, but a gospel that brings truth and light and justice and healing. Lord, we know that you are able. And Lord, we know that only you are able. May you show us a different way, a better way, a way to love you in spirit and in truth. May you show us how to live like you, how to love like you, how to be like you. Be with us in the next few moments. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen.